0: Is going to revisit the book by Henry James called The Awkward Age. I've had a few comments on this book and some of you like it. I enjoyed reading it and it's quite easy to listen to as you try and go to sleep or try to relax. The readings we're going to look at tonight come from The first book Lady Julia I hope you enjoy it And If you like it Please Feel free to leave a comment On the podcast that you're listening to In the app And also to like the app I'd love to hear it from you To see if there's Anything else that you'd like me to read Or do or If you enjoy the book it's also good to hear from you. In the meantime, I'm going to read the book. Hope you enjoy it. Speak soon. Have a good night. Save when it happened to rain Vanderbank always walked home. But he usually took a hansom when the rain was moderate and adopted the preference of the philosopher when it was heavy. On this occasion he therefore recognised, as the servant opened the door, a congruity between the weather and the four-wheeler that, in an empty street, under the glazed radiance, waited and trickled and blackly glittered. The butler mentioned it as, on such a wild night, the only thing that they could get, and Vanderbank, having replied that it was exactly what would do best, prepared in the doorway to put up his umbrella and dash down to it. As this moment he heard his name pronounced from behind and on turning found himself, joined by the elderly fellow guest with whom he had talked after dinner, and about whom later on upstairs he had sounded his hostess. It was at present a clear question of how this amiable, this apparently unassertive person should get home. Of the possibility of the other cab, for which even now, one of the fourteen, with a whistle to his lips, craned out his head and listened through the storm. Mr. Longdon wondered to Vanderbank if their course might by any chance be the same, which led our young friend immediately to express a readiness to see him safely, in any direction that should accommodate him. As the footman's whistle spent itself in vain, they got together into the four-wheeler, where at the end of a few moments more, Vanderbank became conscious of having proposed his own rooms as a wind-up to their drive. Wouldn't that be a better finish... Of the evening than just separating in the wet. He liked his new acquaintance, who struck him as a manner of clinging to him, who was staying at a hotel, presumably at the hour dismal, and who, confessing with easy humility to a connection positively timid with a club at which one couldn't have a visitor accepted his invitation under pressure. Vanderbank, when they arrived, was amused at the air of added extravagance with which he would keep the cab. He so clearly enjoyed to that extent the sense of making a night of it. You young men, I believe, keep them for hours, eh? At least they did in my time, he laughed. The wild ones. But I think of them as all wild then. I dare say, when one settles in town, one learns how to manage. Only I'm afraid, you know, that I've got completely out of it. I do really feel quite mouldy. It's a matter of thirty years a matter of 30 years since you've been in London for more than a few days at a time upon my honour you won't understand that any more I dare say than I myself quite understand how at the end of all I've accepted this queer view of the doom of coming back but I don't doubt I shall ask you If you'll be so good as to let me, for the help of a hint of two, as to how to do, don't you know? And not to, what do you fellows call it, be done. Now about one of these things. One of these things was the lift in which, at no great pace, and with much rumbling and creaking the porter conveyed the two gentlemen to the alarming eminence as Mr. Longdon measured their flight at which Vanderbank perched. The impression made on him by the contrivance showed him as unsophisticated yet when his companion at the top ushering him in, gave a touch to the quick light, and in the pleasant ruddy room, all convenience and character, had before the fire, another look at him, it was not to catch him in any protrusive angle, Mr Langdon, was slight and neat, delicate of body, and both keen and kind of face, with black brows finely marked and thick smooth hair in which the silver had deep shadows. He wore neither whisker nor moustache and seemed to carry in the flicker of his quick brown eyes and the positive sun play of his smile even more than the equivalent of what might superficially or stupidly, elsewhere be missed in him, which was mass, substance, presence, what is vulgarly called importance. He had indeed no presence, but had somehow an effect. He might have been a priest if priests, as it occurred, to Vanderbank, der Bank, wherever such dandies, He had all events conclusively doubled the Cape of the Years. He would never again see 55. To the warning light of that bleak headland, he presented a back sufficiently conscious. Yet through to Vanderbank, he couldn't look young he came near, strikingly and amusingly looking new. This after a minute appeared mainly perhaps indeed in the perfection of his evening dress and the special smartness of the sleeves. Overcoat he had evidently had made to wear with it and might even actually be wearing for the first time. He had talked to Vanderbank at Mrs Brockenham's about Beckles and Suffolk, but it was not of Beckles, nor anywhere in the country, than these ornaments had been designed. His action had already been, with however little purpose, to present the region to his interlocutor in a favourable light. Vanderbank, for that matter. Had the kind of imagination that likes to place an object, even to the point of losing sight of it in its conditions. He already saw the nice old nook it must have taken to step a man of intelligence so fresh, while suffering him to remain so fine. The product of Beckley's accepted at all events a cigarette, still much a joke and an adventure, and looked about him as if even more pleased than he expected. Then he broke through his double eye glasses into an exclamation that was like a passing pang of envy and regret. Vanderbank's visitor appeared so to depreciate too faint a picture that he dropped all scruples. I'm the most envied man I know, so that if I were a shade less amiable, I should be one of the most hated. Mr. Longdon laughed yet not quite as if they were joking. I see your pleasant way carries it off. Vanderbank was, however, not serious. Wouldn't it carry off again? Again, his friend through the nose. appeared to crown him with a white hall cornice. I think I ought to let you know I'm studying you. It's really fair to tell you. He continued with an earnestness not discomposed by the indulgence In vanderbank's face. It's all right, it's all right, he reassuringly added, having meanwhile stopped before a photograph suspended on the wall. That's your mother, he brought out with something of the elation of a child making a discovery or guessing a riddle. I don't make you out in her just yet. In my recollection of her, which, as I told you, is perfect, but I dare say I shall soon. And that's the end of the little section of this book by Henry James, The Awkward Age. Hopefully it made you a little drowsy. I know it did to me. And I'd love to hear from you regardless, if you'd like to say hello let me know if you're liking the podcast, or let me know if there's any other stories you'd like to hear read to you. That's it for now. If you want to listen to some more episodes, please go ahead. In the meantime, good night and enjoy.